This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's an extra hour, extra hour. and a new start time. DiPietro and Rothenberg. Morning 6 to 10. WEPN-FM, New York. Oh, people, you know that music. It is 6 o'clock on a Saturday. It is the Gordon Damer Show, so that means it is time for what I learned this week on TikTok. Now, if you're new to the segment, very simple. I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, and it's because I just learned so much useless but yet interesting information along the way. So we've crafted this little segment to give some airtime to the people that work the show, show a thank you to them to, to get their airtime. I will be asking both Julian and Jacob. I'll give them four pieces of information. One of which is something that is true, and I learned it this week on TikTok. Three of the pieces of information I did not learn on TikTok because they're not true. I've just made them up. And they have to figure out what is the true fact and what is the uh, nonsense, for lack of a better word. So Jacob used to be a staple of this segment. And he was great. I loved him because uh, he would generally struggle. And I'd love to see him struggle. The struggle was the, was the entertainment for me. But he's been gone. He's been off on the K Show and Barton Hahn, all the big shows. I'm sure he was on uh, DPH and Rothenberg at some point, too. But now he is uh, obviously ticked off somebody somewhere. So he's, he's been resigned to work in a, a Gordon Damer show on a Saturday. So, Jacob, are you going to go first or will it be Julian in the hot seat first? I, think I'll, do this? I think I'll go first. All right, it's been a first. while. All right. It's been, it's been a while. All right. We'll ease you back in here with a nice easy one. All right. Number one, in the movie Mean Girls, Amy Poehler played Rachel McAdams' mom in the movie, even though in real life, Amy Poehler is only 16 months older than Rachel McAdams. Number two, Billie Eilish has an Instagram account where she rates onion rings from around the world. Number three, Jennifer Lawrence was the, uh, no, excuse me, Jennifer Lopez was the inspiration for Google Images. Or number four, in the movie King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson, all clocks in the movie, all 69 of them in total, are set to the time 420. All right, so to recap again for, uh, for Jacob, give him a little time to think things through. Movie Mean Girls, Amy Poehler played Rachel McAdams' mom, even though she's only 16 months older. Billie Eilish has an Instagram account where she rates onion rings from around the world. Jennifer Lopez was the inspiration for Google Images. Or number four, all the clocks in the movie King of Staten Island, all 69 of them, are set to the time 420. <sighs> what a... This is very hard to start off. Uh, do you like me? I'm I do like you. I'm, I'm so happy. See, that's what I'm, I'm. I'm celebrating your return to the show by giving you one that's really a conundrum. So this way, when you get it right, you're gonna feel really good about yourself the rest of the day. Well, I think I'm gonna take somebody's advice, and I think all of them are true. Okay. Uh, I might be wrong, but why not? Okay. Well, do you, I, I will say this: if they are all true, and yeah. you pick one, I will give you full credit for getting it right. I'm gonna pick. I think the J-Lo one is probably the most, like, out there. So, yeah, I'll pick that one. You're going to pick Jennifer Lopez out of all of them? Yeah, why not? All right, lock it in. There it is. And a successful return. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. 
I cannot believe. I feel like uh, Apollo Creed in the corner when Rocky gets up in that final round. I got to think about lifeline for that one. Julian came through with a clutch. Oh, Julian, uh, how can you be doing this to me? I thought for sure the, the King of Staten Island one was going to get you. I thought for sure that that one was going to get you. When when that answer came up, I just started scratching my head like I don't know which one. Because the Mean Girls one, and then you went on to uh, J-Lo and right. King of Staten Island. So yeah. that was a pretty good one. I uh, like that. Th- this is, Julian has now ruined my weekend. Sorry about that. Nothing devastates me quite like when uh, when I don't get the, uh, the, uh, the pain and suffering that I'm looking for from this segment. All right, let's move on to Julian now. We'll see if we can pay him back with some uh, some pain of his own. All right, here we go, Julian. Number one, Baskin Robbins, also known uh, as uh, 31 Flavors. On Twitter, they have nearly a million followers, but they only follow 31 random people who happen to have a name that is also a flavor. Number two, Walt Disney had a deep fear of mice. Number three, the song Super Bowl Shuffle won a Grammy for best R&B performance by a duo or group, beating out, among others, Prince and the Revolution. Or number four, the Where's Waldo books were once used as part of the early stages for entrance into the MI6. So, okay, to recap again, number one, Baskin Robbins, known for their 31 flavors. On Twitter, they have nearly a million followers, but only follow 31 random people who also have the name of a flavor. Number two, Walt Disney had a deep fear of mice, the creator of, of Mickey Mouse, obviously. Number three, the song Super Bowl Shuffle won a Grammy for best R&B performance by a duo or a group, beating out, among others, Prince and the Revolution. Or number four, Where Waldo books were once used as the early stages for entrance into the MI6, which I believe is the British FBI, I think. These are all tough ones. Okay. And they also kind of do sound like they are all true again. Right. That's but what I. That's what I try to do. Out of all of them, the one that sounds the most true is the mm. first one. Baskin Robbins. Yes. Okay. You're gonna lock that in. Yeah, I'm gonna lock that one in. No, that is incorrect. Baskin Robbins does only follow 31 ple- ple- people, but they're just 31 random people, I guess that they know, and food companies that I guess they're tied to. So that is not true. They do not follow 31 people who have a name of a flavor. So now you're down to uh, Walt Disney had a deep uh, hatred of mice. Uh, The song Super Bowl Shuffle, or deep fear of mice, excuse me. Uh, The song Super Bowl Shuffle won a Grammy for best R&B performance by duo or group beating out, among others, Prince and the Revolution. Or number, now three, it was four, where Waldo books were part of the early entrance exam to MI6. Um, yeah, this is tough. They could now all seem like they're half true after okay. that first one. Sure. I think I'm going to go with the three, or what three. is now two. Okay, the Super Bowl Shuffle by the uh, the Chicago Bears. Lock it in? Mm. It is locked in. Well, I guess it is now. <laughs> what do you want? You're controlling the buttons, my friend, not me. Uh, that is... Incorrect, no. Super Bowl Shuffle actually did get nominated for a Grammy, which tells you that uh, a very poor display. And what's also weird is it was it was nominated for a Grammy in 1987. That came out in 85. It was the 85 Bears. And it came out, I don't know. It seems very odd that it would be. No- 86, maybe you push it to 86, but not 87. That's weird. 
All right, so now you're down to two. Walt Disney had a, a deep fear of mice or where Waldo books part of the uh, early entrance exam for MI6. Out of those two, I'm going to have to go with Walt Disney. Locked in? Yeah, I'll lock that one in. Yes, that is that is absolutely correct. Yes, Walt Disney had a deep fear of mice, which is strange that uh, he would uh, use uh, Mickey Mouse. Who knew? All right, so we got one more for you guys, and you can team up on this one. Sounds good. This one I think is uh, is difficult, although I'm not uh, I'm not sure. You guys are, are the better judges of this. All right, here we go. Number one, Nicholas Cage, the actor Nicholas Cage, owns the right to Charlie Chaplin, his life, and he plans to star in a movie about Charlie Chaplin, even though Cage is nearly sixty and Chaplin died at sixty four. Number two, in 2007, a New York City barber was convicted of selling a client's hair, not just one, but client's hair to a mob boss so that it could be spread around crime scenes to throw off authorities in DNA searches. Number three, while starring on Murder, She Wrote, the actress Angela Lansbury actually did help authorities solve a murder. Or number four, you can hear a blue whale's heartbeat from two miles away. So to recap again, Nicolas Cage owns the rights to Charlie Chaplin's life and plans to star in a movie about his life, even though Cage is nearly 60 and Chaplin died at 64. Number two, while starring, oh no, excuse me, number two, in 2007, a New York City barber was convicted of selling clients' hair to a mob boss so it could be spread around crime scenes to throw off authorities and DNA searches. Number three, while starring on Murder, She Wrote, Angela Lansbury actually did help authorities solve a murder. Or number four, you can hear a blue whale's heartbeat from two miles away now as i always advise you're always better off splitting up on this one as a way to at least one per you know one person goes down a, a hero but uh, one person gets it right any strong feelings either way guys uh, i think to me uh-huh Maybe Nicolas Cage. Okay. Because, I mean, he's a very eccentric man. He is a, he is a weirdo, yes. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He is a little weird. And in some of his more recent movies, too, kind of proves that. Uh, oh, he tried to be Superman, didn't he? He doesn't look anything like Superman. No, I not, don't know why that one fell apart. But. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do like the first. Between that one and The Murder She Wrote with Angela Lansbury, that okay. kind of seems like it might be true. But I'm going to go with Nick Cage here. Okay. You're going with Nick Cage. J- uh, Julian, who uh, who do you like? I like the Angela Lansbury one. Okay. Uh, Murder She Wrote. Interesting. All right. Are you are you both locked in? Yeah. I want I don't want to rush. I'll you. lock mine in. All right. He's locked in. Jacob, you're locked in. I'm locked in also. Yeah, you're both wrong. No, yeah, you're both nice. uh, you're both. Wrong. No, Nicholas. Uh, Charlie Chaplin actually died at 84, uh, 88, so he didn't even die at 64. Cage is almost 60. Uh, the, the, the Angela Lansbury one, I just made that. I just needed something at the last. I just actually made that one up uh, during the commercial break because I had something that I used Sorry, before. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to yeah. go for double jeopardy where the scores could? Uh, that one was uh, something I just made up during the break. So there you go. I stepped all over the cut of uh, Bruce Willis there. I apologize, Bruce. How oh, dare no. You? Oh, no, Bruce stepped all over you. He apologized. Uh, all right, so you're, you're down to two. The New York City barber convicted of selling clients' hair or the blue whale's heartbeat you can hear from two miles away. I'm going to go with the New York City barber selling right. uh, hair to the mob balls. All right. I like that one, too, but let's go with uh, the whale. Blue whale. All go. right, locked in. Yeah, lock it in. Lock it in. 
Well, somebody's got to be right. Somebody's got to be wrong. Julian is nailed it. Yes, you can hear a blue heart, a blue whale's heart from two miles away. There was no New York City barber selling clients. And, and, and DNA searches, apparently, if the hair is cut, you can't do the DNA. It has to be out right out of the root. So, hmm. so you, you learn something new every day. There you go. But I would like to see that uh, documentary if it ever was one. Look, I'm sure Netflix is probably putting it together right now. They, they put things together very sloppily sometimes. And they'll, they'll make it so that it's 14 episodes long when really the writing tells you it should only be three episodes. They'll stretch it out for as long as possible. Well, Jacob... It was wonderful to have you back uh, on this. what I learned this week on TikTok, even though you did ruin it by getting the first one right. I mean, uh, I did stay true to form and bomb everything yeah, else. Yeah, the, the beginner's luck, you had it back, and, and then you lost it very quickly. But that's all right. That's, that, that happens. But there you go, people. That is what I learned this week on TikTok, and now because of this segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I was actually thinking about, now I didn't know that uh, Jacob was going to have his return with what I learned on TikTok. I was thinking about doing a round. You could do one series of questions, maybe a whole round of questions based simply on Barry Bonds because he has so many. I, was, I went down the, the rabbit hole, the wormhole, or the YouTube hole, whatever you want to call it this week, of, of that 2004 season. Like, there are stats that just don't sound – like, you, you read them or you hear them and you think to yourself, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. Like, 2004, there were four players in baseball who had 200 hits or more, right? Bonds had only 373 official at-bats this year. That year, excuse me. But he could have had zero hits that year. He could have gone 0 for 373, and he would have still had a higher on-base percentage than the four hit leaders. That doesn't make any sense. But that's how dominant he was. From 2001 to 2004, Bonds played in 573 games. He reached base in 539. So in almost 95% of the games from 2001 to 2004, he reached base at one point in that game. In 2004... He had 28 more intentional walks than he had swings and misses. That doesn't seem right. You think, oh, that, that, that must be a misprint. But no, that's true. He also, the 373 official at bats, he reached base 376 times with only 373 official at bats. He had four more home runs than he had strikeouts. 60% of his hits that season were home runs. His on-base percentage was over 600. So 60% of the time, he got on base. It's ridiculous. He was, he was the best. If we were to create a Hall of Fame and, and Bonds were to be eligible, you know, he's eligible or he was. Is he still eligible? Does he still have a year left or is that done? I can't remember. It's so far away from my house. I'm never driving back there. It's too much traffic. But if you were to have a Hall of Fame and we were putting people in, in baseball, in all of our lives, if we were putting them in order of, of, of greatness, we all didn't see Babe Ruth play, but Bonds would have to be the first person. There's nobody even close. If we ranked them, if you had like only 50 people that you could put in the Hall of Fame and you had to take out people to put a new person in, Bonds would be the first person to go in and he would never be taken out. All right, let's go to uh, back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Dan is in Howard Beach. Dan, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. 
Do we have Dan? Is Dan there? He's very excited about the Jets. Let's try it again. Dan in Howard Beach, go, my friend. All right, we're having some problems, some tech. Jacob is still, he might be used to uh, doing uh, what I learned on TikTok, but running the phones, it's a whole new world. Oh, we've lost Dan. Uh, that's on Dan, see? We tried to get it working. I'm sorry, Dan. Again, as, we brought, as I brought up earlier, you know, people always blame me or blame Larry for the ones cutting you off. It's never us. We're not the ones doing it. It's those people behind the glass. It's those producers, those, those, those call screeners. They're the ones with the, with the itchy trigger fingers. It's always me. It's always me. Blame, blame. I don't mind getting blamed for what I actually do wrong, but that, one's, that one was not me. That was not on me at all. So hopefully Dan will call back at some other time. He's very, he was very excited about the Jets draft. And look, I, I get it. When, you, when, you, when you're a football fan and you're watching the draft, it's one I've never been able to explain to the wife. The appeal of watching people's names being read. And she'll always tell, but you, you'll know, you can just look after it's over and you'll know who they tell you. It won't change in any way. I, I know, I understand, but it's the excitement of the moment. It's the excitement of, of, of thinking. And when you, again, as I said before, when you root for a bad team, the off season is when you have your fun. I don't have fun during the season. That's when I'm getting my head beaten in at week in and week out. By the way, did any, talk about stories that are doomed to go wrong. Did anybody, I know people here are not paying attention to it, but there was a story that Tua Tungavailoa actually contemplated retirement this offseason because of all the concussions, which anybody within his family, I would think, would be saying to him, you know, maybe, maybe this is not a, a good idea. Maybe you're just not built to play this. Not, it's one thing to have the heart to play, but maybe physically, like most human beings on planet Earth, you are not physically capable of withstanding the beating that you undergo during an NFL game, during an NFL season. But he said that he contemplated retirement, but uh, that uh, he decided he was going to come back and that he has learned how to fall this offseason and that will take care of the concussion problem. Uh, does any... Is any uh, does that sound right to anybody? Have you ever heard of someone suffering concussion problems in other sports or in the NFL who just simply needed to learn how to fall to be able to take care of that problem? Does that does that sound reasonable? Now I'm not a doctor, but does that sound reasonable to anybody? This is it's not choreographed so you'll have time to prepare yourself to fall in the right position with your your body. This is happening in the blink of an eye. And if you take a look at a lot outside of the one where uh, against the Bengals where he had the, the scary, what is it called, fencing with his fingers and stuff like that, that was a violent hit. But the other two hits, which were tied to supposedly concussions, those were, he was just getting chased down from behind and just kind of fell. And it, it didn't seem like in a violent way by NFL standards. They're all violent hits, I'm sure. But does anybody think that that's actually going to cure the problem that – no, Tua overcame the concussion problems by learning how to fall properly. I feel like that's going to get brought up again during the regular season. What an organization. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Corey is in Long Beach. Corey, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, what's up, man? How's it going, Gordon? How you I'm doing? I'm good, man. What's going on? What you got for me? <clears throat> Listen, um, I, I, was, I was young, but... You know, back back in the days, the Knicks Heat series was was what it is hyped up to be now. But 
excuse me for thinking, obviously, this all came about so randomly for the Knicks to be in this position that, you know, back then we had Allen Houston, we had, you know, Latrell Sprewell, uh, you know, just these people that were more of a, these, and these veteran type players uh, that we were kind of predicted to be in that spot. So just wanted to hear your, your take in the comparison between, you know, how the series is now versus how the series was, you know, years ago. Uh, well, look, I mean, uh, you know, it depends on what year you're talking. And, Corey, thanks for the phone call. I mean, you know, uh, the, the, the Knicks still had really good players back then. You know, when, when they got Ewing, the anticipation was eventually it was going to – well, let me correct that. When they found out that they had won the draft lottery, it was like the Knicks were – it was not just that they were going to win a championship. It was like the good times were back. The Knicks were going to win multiple – that the, the, the whole NBA road was now going to go through New York because they got Patrick Ewing, this unbelievable prospect. And uh, just through roster building, it just never turned out to, to be the case. Uh, and then when, when Riley left, uh, that that's really became the, the epicenter of um, the hatred. Uh, so in, in terms of the actual teams, I mean, it was a little bit different each year, but every year that you had Ewing, you thought it was going to – you thought maybe this was the year that they were going to, um, you know, get over the hump. And, and then the one year where they didn't have the, the, the great regular season, what was that, the shortened year where they lost in the finals uh, with Spreewell and that, and Ewing was hurt. So, yeah, 99. Um, that was like kind of a nice surprise. We didn't really think that. And that was the, that was the, the epic of it of, of the, for the Knicks in that point of view because they were the team that took down the heat in the opening round and then went all the way to the finals, and then eventually the gentlemen sweep against the Spurs. But that was, like, so unexpected. That was not really uh, thought of from that year. And then once you got past 99, you had a couple more years, but then, you know, Van Gundy quit, and then the real disastrous time for the Knicks started uh, from that point on. But, uh, you know, it was a real battle every year. Um, unfortunately, the, the Heat eventually would go on to win championships, but the Knicks were never able to do. But during those 90 runs... The Knicks gave it as well as they got it. This time around, it does feel like those teams, it felt like they were a lot closer to me looking at this before the series starts. It feels like this year, at least, the Knicks are a better team. They're a deeper team uh, and a healthier team. So you'd like to think that that's going to pay dividends. I I don't know if that answered your question or not. Hondo is in New Brunswick. Hondo, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. What's up, Gordon? So I heard you just mention um, about Tua and learning how to fall. Um, I actually run a course here in New Jersey for volunteer coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like called the Rutgers Certification through the university. And one of the things that we teach these first-year coaches is teaching their kids how to fall correctly. A lot of times it has to do with, like, falling on their hands and how they place their hands to avoid, like, elbow injuries or, like, uh, or wrist injuries. Uh, but one of the other thing is, too, is neck injuries and head injuries on how they fall and how they tuck their neck. Um, so, I know it's been passed a lot, and probably he was so good at a young age that he probably never had to do, deal with something like that. Um, but as silly as it sounds, it is an important skill, so that's probably why he mentioned it. And I hope, you know, he has a long career and it doesn't seem to bother him anymore. But, you know, I heard this a couple of weeks ago, too, when he mentioned it. But it is silly, but it is something definitely that is important, and especially for someone like him who uh, had a bunch of these head injuries. This is definitely a skill that he should learn. 
Well, look, Hondo, uh, from your lips to God's ear, I hope that this is the last I ever hear of his concussion injuries, and it, not just that he's on my team, on any team. You never want to see somebody go through that and miss so much time because last year when he was healthy, especially in the beginning of the season, he, he, he finally had a breakout season. Uh, I, I just uh, It just sounds ridiculous that you would think that um, you'll be able to overcome concussions in the NFL with the, where the, the action is so violent. And so, in, I mean, every single play – it could be the, the, the season ender, the game ender, career ender, that simply by learning how to fall, he is now going to be able to overcome that issue. And for somebody who himself admitted contemplated retirement as a result of concussions, that this is now going to fix that problem. Consider me, uh, consider me skeptical on that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I just see uh, Aaron Judge has a mild hip strain. The manager, Aaron Boone, said the team will continue to evaluate throughout the weekend before determining whether or not the MVP will go on the injured list. Quote, in the grand scheme of things, in big picture, we do feel like we got good news on it. That said, we want to make sure we're doing right by him and by us, so he is not in the lineup tonight. I would guess that you're probably not going to see him in the lineup uh, this weekend. So that leads me to the question, who do you think scores more tonight? The Yankees or the Rangers? Hmm. I think i got to go Rangers, mainly because I've seen the Yankee lineup for tonight. Now, it does not include uh, Aaron Hicks. That's, that's good. We'll see, how, we'll see how we enjoy the Jake Bowers uh, experience. Can't be any worse if he catches a ball without closing his eyes. That, that would be an improvement. Maybe he, he makes solid contact every once in a while. That would be an improvement. The expectations in left field are very low. That's all I will say. And I, have, I will also tell you, while I am not the hockey guy, I have locked it in on the Rangers tonight. We have, we have placed a, a wager. The Rangers will respond tonight. And if the Rangers respond tonight, as I expect they will, Ranger fans, you'll feel a whole lot different about the series. Come home tonight, get that opening goal, get the pressure off. All of a sudden, the monkey will be off your back, and uh, you'll roll tonight. Easy win for the Rangers tonight. I have locked it in already. It is locked in on the old FanDuel account. And I'll be honest with you, the FanDuel account could use, it could use some good news. There's been, there's been some uh, significant, uh, what do you call that, shrinkage? There's been some shrinkage on the, the old FanDuel account. We need, we need some positive reinforcements here from the Rangers tonight. We're, we're, all, we're all counting on you, Rangers. Mika Zabinajad and, and uh, Patrick Kane, Igor Shesterkin, all the big ones. Come on, step up tonight. We need some money. We need some money. So uh, let's see if the Rangers can score some goals tonight. And I would have to think if there were a wager to take either Rangers or Yankees, I would probably be on the Rangers tonight. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone. Oh, you know, I've not really touched on the Giants at all, but I do think that what's interesting about what they did in the draft, you saw last – I mean, talk about what a difference a year makes with the Giants. Last year for Joe Shane, with the situation that he walked into, he was so hamstrung because of the cap – Last year in the draft, it was just like he was just trying to find patchwork answers in the draft. This year, he's not hamstrung by the situation anymore and was able to actually be aggressive, was aggressive in the first round, was aggressive in the third round. Hopefully, there's, I mean, he was aggressive in the offseason with the trade for Darren Waller as well. The only guy that the Giants that 
they took that I had actually seen and heard of and watched before they did so was the wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. And that seems like a really good pick. Uh, that, that kind of fills a need. They have a lot of depth now at wide receiver, but nobody really uh, maybe necessarily jumps out to you. But he's a speed guy. He's a deep threat. So I, I like that pick. And to get him in the third round, it seemed like a lot of people expected him to go before that. I couldn't believe he was still there in the third round. But it did seem like he was expected and projected to go before then and had a really good year last year. The only problem for the Giants is that it seems like the Eagles have absolutely murdered the draft. Like, they seem to make smart moves every single year. They had high picks again this year, which is always going to get you good grades. But it actually did seem like they made uh, wise picks with the selections that they made. And it just seems like they're kind of operating at a different level than everybody else uh, in the NFC East in terms of their front office. So we'll have to see if uh, the Giants were able to close the gap any on the Eagles. All right, let's go back to the phones now. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Chris is in Lynchburg, I believe. Chris, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, how you doing, man? It's always nice to hear from you. Thanks, Chris. Uh, What's going on, man? Yeah, just quick, quick Jets point, and then I want to talk about the playoffs, and then I want to hear your opinion. So uh, I think the Jets, for the most part, I was pretty pleased with their draft. I do think their first pick, though, was – Maybe a bit of a reach, but I like the idea of trying to build a defense for Salah because um, I do believe that the offense will be different with Rodgers. So we'll see what happens with that pick for McDonald's. I think the rest of the draft went fine, but that, was, that first one was definitely um, definitely caught a lot of people off guard, including myself. Uh, when it comes to the playoffs, Including uh, Joe um, Douglas, I think it caught him off guard as well <laughs> with the amount yeah, of time yeah. taken yeah, before yeah, me. Yeah, that's thing. Again, I do hope it goes well, but that definitely mm-hmm. caught me off guard. Sure. Uh, when it comes to the playoffs, though, um, I do think the Knicks have had a nice run. Um, as a Celtics fan, I'm actually – I do hope the Knicks knock off Jimmy Butler in the heat because he's caused my team a lot of problems in the playoffs. And I never would have guessed beginning the season that the Eastern Conference Finals could come down to the Knicks and potentially the Celtics because I do think they beat the Sixers. But that would be, really be a fun series for me to watch, see my Celtics go against the Knicks. So I just wanted to, want to hear what you think of that potentially happening. Appreciate it, Gordon. All right, well, look, uh, Chris, I appreciate the phone call. I do think the Knicks are going to win this series against the Heat, uh, and it does feel like, uh, as much of a Knicks fan as I am, that whoever comes out of that other uh, playoff series in the East is is probably going to be the heavy favorites uh, when it gets to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think it's it's the, it's drawn up well for the Celtics to, to, to get there, back to the Finals. It's been a while uh, since they've won a championship. And for the Sixers, Think about all the different times, you know, trust the process and all that type of stuff. And, and, and eventually the window of opportunity is going to close. And to think that the return on those years of just throwing season after season away, that this is what the end result was going to be. If they are not able to get past the Celtics this year, and I would think the Celtics are going to be heavily favored in that series and hopefully – before that series gets underway, uh, James Harden can stay out of the, the, the strip clubs and, and stay away from slapping people. Good to see he's doing his prep work for a big playoff series against the Celtics. Uh, you would think that whoever comes out of that series, which would likely be Boston, would be the team to beat in the East, but I, I will take it. Uh, if the Knicks can get to uh, the Eastern Conference Finals this year, that, is, that exceeds even the most optimistic Knicks fans' expectations. And to think that it's not really a, a, a fluke either, right? I mean, they, they beat a team that was was higher up than them. It's not like everything just happened to break right. Although the Heat taking down the the um, the the Bucks was certainly a surprise. These things kind of happen. It's it's a wide open year, and those are the type of things that can happen sometimes. So 
Uh, we will see. I, I do think that the Knicks have a very good chance uh, of beating the Heat and should beat the Heat. There's, there's no reason why the Knicks are not able to beat Miami. But that next round, that would be a little bit, I think, uh, a little bit more difficult. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. I got some thoughts. Giannis went viral this week with his comments about it was not a failure of the Bucks. It's just steps in the process. It's just steps in the process. Well, I got some thoughts on that, and we'll get to those coming up. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. No Aaron Judge tonight. I gave you the stat before. Um, and this is from uh, at Playoff Tanaka on uh, Twitter. Yankee outfielders not named Aaron Judge for the Yankees this season are hitting, ready, 175, an on-base percentage of 207, and a slugging of 280 in 208 plate appearances this season. And again, this is for the team that is spending the second most money in baseball. And in case you're wondering, 175, 207, 280, is that good? No. No, it is not. No, it is not. Not even remotely closely to good. No, it's really bad. In fact, it's horrible. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. The Jets on the table, the Giants, the Draft, the Yankees, the Knicks, all of it's on the table. Let's go out to uh, Carl. Carl is at MSG for the game tonight. Carl, what's going on, my man? How you doing, Gordon? Uh, love the show. I sit in uh, Section 226. I have season tickets. I'm actually on the way to the game right now. Um, I just want to know what you think if if the Rangers lose tonight, is uh, Gallant's job on the line? And do you think they're going to win tonight? Love the show. Have a great day. All right, Carl. Well, I will tell you, I do think that they're going to win tonight. Now, I am not the, uh, the foremost expert in, in terms of hockey. I'll be the first and foremost, you know, the other night with the draft going on and the baseball going on and the Rangers going on. I had the three ski, the, 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 the three screens going at one time. I had the draft on the main TV. I had the Yankees and Mets on the second TV. And then on the iPad was the hockey. So that tells you where it ranks. In ter- it was playoff hockey. It was still third on my list. So I'm not the expert. But, yes, I do think that the, they have to. They have to. They, you have to be able to respond. And I think that the building tonight probably will be a little nervous. Fans might be sitting on their hands to start and looking for something good. But the Rangers have got to break through. And the fact that they're performing, I would feel worse about it, I think, if they had lost an overtime game, if they had lost a one-goal game, if they had lost coming down third period, freakish goal. The fact that they were so bad and the fact that they got worse if you have any pride, right, you gotta be you got to be mad as hell and not going to take it anymore if you're the Rangers. So I would think that they have to respond, especially after that third period. We were talking with Don LaGreca earlier in the show. You can find it uh, on, the, uh, on the app, the old segments of the show. Uh, the fact that you get outshot, what was it, 19-2 to two in the third period? You're losing a game? You're getting blown out? And you're not even going down swinging? You're not even going down fighting? So the fact that the, the performance... In Game 5 was so flat and they seemed so lost. I would think that back on home ice tonight, win or go home or win or stay home situation, they have to be able to respond tonight. And, and talking to Don earlier, he would be the one on, um, on the coach. 
you got to change something. Now, it does seem like the Rangers got a bunch of free agents, so you'll be able to change up the mix if, if you want to by the player. Sometimes you get into the situation where you, the, the roster is kind of locked in and you can't make any real changes with the players, so who's going to get the blame? It's going to be the coach. Uh, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Cavaliers, you know, they're kind of locked into their player. They don't have – they gave up a lot of, of resources to get Donovan Mitchell. So if you can't change the mix of players, well, then you might have to change the coach. doesn't seem like that's the situation with the Rangers. It seems like they'll have some flexibility, although might not be able to bring back all the people that they have based on the cap. But you would have to think that Gallant would be in some sort of trouble – losing after winning the first two games this year after being up 2-0 last year and the fact that uh, the, the team has not responded and he's tried to shake things up he's shaken up the lines after game four he talked about how you know kind of attacked the team a little bit said that they were lazy seemed like that they had didn't have the the necessary effort after game five had a little bit of a softer approach so maybe he feel he can feel the pressure on him and it does feel like a lot of times where Things go wrong. The coaches get a lot of the blame, so it would not be really a surprise if, uh, if Gallant were coaching for his job tonight, but I do think the Rangers resp- will respond. I have to think so. All right, Jonathan is in, L- in L.A. Jonathan, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, how's it going, man? Um, so first things first, really good news that Judge, uh, well, they say mild, but hopefully, I mean, it sounds good. It sounds like he won't be out so like. I don't know, until the summertime or something. But let's just say, uh, my question is this, let's just say that he's out about a month and a half, and I'm going too much by saying that, and these guys uh, still are not cutting it, are not hitting, are not doing nothing. Is there a chance that probably, you never know, the Yanks might call up Jason Dominguez? And also, too, uh, Gordon, what do you think? I'm about to lock it in right now, but what do you think uh, about going Rangers minus one and a half? Thank you so much, man, and go Rangers. All right, right, uh, Jonathan, thank you. I, I want Rangers money line tonight. I'm, I'm not risking any, you know, late second goals. I'm not, you know, any freaky things happen with my deep understanding of the NHL game. I've seen that happen too often, people putting the, the biscuit in the basket late. Uh, so I would go Rangers money line tonight. That's just me. I would lock that in. That feels like a very, I, I'm very confident about that. The Dominguez thing, I would think that that would have to depend on his development as well. I don't think that they want to rush him. I think that they're going to take their time with him because if he comes up in that kind of situation as you're describing, they're going to look at him as as some sort of savior. Fans are going to see him like some sort of savior. They don't want to put him in, in, in that kind of situation. And he did open eyes in, in the course of the spring this year, and it did seem like the the reaction to that by te- people kind of covering the team and in, in the know was that it would not seem like that much of a surprise if he did come up this year. But if Judge is out for any significant, as we open the show, if Judge is out for any significant period of time, wrap it up, man. This lineup is not going to cut it. And it's one thing to say, well, you got to make you got to make trades. They got to make trades basically everywhere. They have a first baseman. They have a shortstop who's a rookie who seems like he's he's a nice young player. But again, the idea this year was not to be putting the, the weight of the world on, on Volpe to allow him to have shortstop and, and, and kind of develop over time. And he was going to be part of the solution, but he was not going to be a main part of the solution. You were hoping for other people to kind of carry the weight. So you have him. Glaber runs hot and cold. When he's hot, he looks amazing. But when he's cold, he, he, he doesn't even look like uh, he belongs. LeMayhew, I like. 
but he's been hurt an awful lot. Can't play him every single day. So you just have holes everywhere up and down the lineup. So Stanton, we already know, is going to be gone for a, for a long period of time. The pitching can only hold up for so long because it's not like the, outside of Cole and Nestor, it's not like those guys have a, a, a long run of, of good health either. Rodon is constantly hurt. Severino's constantly hurt. And it would be a surprise if you get everybody who's hurt now, Bader, Donaldson, Rodon, Severino, you get all these guys back and nobody else is going to get hurt. So it, it does seem like you got good news on Judge. Hopefully he's going to be back here. I would not think the weekend, but uh, maybe the start of next week. And he's not going to need a D, uh, an IL stint. Although, who knows with the Yankees. Sometimes they make it out like, oh, no, see, it's not that bad. And then Monday or Tuesday, ah, you know what? We just decided we're just going to put him on the IL. We're just going to put him on just to play it safe. Just to, So until he's back on the field, I, I, I'm not going to uh, count him being back on the field. But if he is out for any significant period of time, I, I don't know how you withstand it because right now they don't have a major league team. They have, they have like basically half a minor league team. They play, they play people who are not major league players on a regular basis. And in key spots, this is not eight or nine in the lineup. Willie Calhoun is batting fourth tonight, fifth. I can't remember. Does it matter? Brian is in Milburn. Brian next up on the, the Gordon Damer show. Go my man. Hey, how you doing? Damon? Uh, listen, you're right about the Yankee lineup. We're in trouble without judge, yep. but I want to say, you know, I'm a Devils fan, and I hit a Rangers call, and I know you really just not your forte because I listen to you all the time. No. I'm and I, I I don't understand. They was had the brooms out and all this other stuff, and when they beat us twice at home, it was over. And, you know, it's about time that the tri-state area get the Devils respect. We got three cups over there, and we don't get no respect. It's sad. Uh, it's, I know it's, the devils. Not, it's not you doing it, your forte, yeah, no. but it's, it's, it's the Devils. It's, it's never, it's never the, said, oh, the know, Devils are always going to be third. It's just the way it is, Brian. I'm sorry, I got to, I got to get running here. Uh, it's the Devils. I mean, it, it is when, when you become a Devils fan, you you have to uh, accept that you are never going to be. It's like when when the Nets, even though they moved to Brooklyn, you, you're never going to be the Knicks. If you're the Devils fan, you're never going to be the Rain. Now you can beat them. And you can take pride. But that has to be part of your personality. You like being a little bit of the outsider. You like being a little bit of the nudge. You like being the, the, the fly in the ointment. But you, you can't, you're never going to get, the Devils are never going to get the attention that the Rangers get. The, the Rangers are Broadway. I mean, come on. Just beat them. That's all you should worry about. Enjoy beating them. And if you beat them tonight, I mean, that's an all-time bad one. And especially with the way things look like they might be opening up with the Bruins now forced to play a game seven it seems like it's pretty wide open. So there's a lot riding on this game. And, and the Ranger team that a week ago, everybody was talking about the cup and a run to the cup. If you're able to win tonight, you're able to win a game seven. Well, the parade might be back on. But lose tonight, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That, that's an all-timer. Up 2-0 in a series, winning both games on the road, outscoring them, what was it, 10-2, and then never winning another game. So I don't know hockey. But I know the Rangers better win tonight. Otherwise, it's going to be a long offseason. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. You want somebody who knows hockey? Don LaGreca is coming up next. He's got you covered. Game six, Rangers and Devils. He is next only here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.